Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities. And as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. So we want to welcome you. Welcome to, to church today on Christmas Day. Those who are watching us online on Spirit TV and listening to us on Spirit FM, you're welcome. Those who are watching us online on all platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, from all over the world, Merry Christmas coming to you live from Kampala, Uganda. We love you and we know that the best is yet to come. Would you believe that today is Monday? What a Monday. So today is Monday, but it's Christmas Day, and we celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, yesterday we had church here, garage, and even if if you went to church on Sunday, if your birthday is on Monday, I bet you would celebrate it, wouldn't you? Would you say that? I was just in church yesterday. I cannot be here celebrating a birthday on Monday. So that's why we are celebrating this morning. And I know that many of you are out of town this week. And we bless you as you travel. And I know some of you will be traveling after now. And we bless you. I want you in a special way to help me appreciate the teams that serve here. Oh, yes. The worship team, the band, the media team, guest experience team children's church thank you because whereas some people are in town by choice you are in town because you have to serve before you set off so thank you welcome awesome I have a very short message as you can imagine some of you left something cooking on the fire and I don't want to get back only to find a burnt offering so I intend to make it short and sweet as we celebrate the love of Jesus. In fact, I don't have a sermon for you. But what a surprise. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Someone escaped from children's church. They need to be repatriated back. Now, we have some pastors in the house. They are here to celebrate with us. They've left their flocks. So, Pastor Angie from Watch Purpose Downtown. Pastor Stewart from Watch Purpose Chira. Pastor Calvin from Watch Purpose Galobi. Oh, yes. And of course, we have our zonal pastors from Watch Purpose Nalia. Thank you for being here. And the elders in the church. Oh, Pastor Bridget from Watch Purpose Ndeje. Oh. Welcome. So glad to have you in the house today. And Pastor Aggie from Washburn, Nairobi. Where what to Kenya to Nawauliza. Merry Christmas. Sikukulu. It's Sikukulu actually. Yeah. But about the merry part, I don't know how it is in Swahili. Yeah. Mkubwa. Mkubwa is big. 
Ah, lots of forgeries. But God is good. We want to welcome Reverend Stephen Bamtunje. Thank you for being here with us this Christmas. Awesome. And I want you to help me welcome your neighbor. Tell them you are a very, very, very important person. Let's read the scripture together from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. And then I'll conclude. The conclusion may be a little longer than the reading, but it is a conclusion. Matthew chapter 1, verses 8. Are you ready to read? With all your energy. Alright, let's read. One, two, we go. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Now, before we continue, verse 18 says, after his mother was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together. Now, this is not the main message, but you have to understand that when you're dating, you shouldn't come together. Yeah. Even if you're betrothed, you should not come together. Even if you've done Kwanjula, you should not come together. Because you have not yet been married. Why are people silencing me on Christmas Day? It's the scripture. It says right there. They were betrothed, but they had not come together. Amen, brothers and sisters. So, you have to come together after getting married. Praise the Lord. You know, some people can say, yeah, I never knew those things. Now you know. Now you know these things. You only come together after being married. Not when you have met in a bar, at a party, in a restaurant, uh, where else? At church, in movers and shakers, in shakers and movers. You, you, You wait until marriage, then you can come together. Amen. Now verse 19 says, then Joseph her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. The second thing is that there are some things that need to be done secretly. Yeah, Not everything is for fighting in public. Yeah. I was dating this girl. We hadn't come together. Now she's pregnant. Instagram. Facebook, Twitter, X, Threads, TikTok. Ah, yeah, because now she's an X. So, so you got X. For our guests, we like to be happy in this church. We are full of joy. Amen. So there are things that need to be done secretly, privately. When you're a just person. Yeah, even when you think that someone has done wrong. Of course, Joseph was wrong. He didn't know. 
what was really going on, but he must have been perturbed to find out that the girl he loved was starting to expand. (laughs) And when he asked her about it, sister, you seem to be putting on weight in interesting areas. And your diet hasn't changed. What's going on? And she was like, the Holy Spirit. (laughs) There are things that are going to be very difficult for you to explain. The Holy Spirit. Ah. And he's like, what Holy Spirit? Mm -hmm. But anyway, he decided to do it secretly. So there are things you need to be doing secretly, discreetly. Especially marriage things. Once your quarrel goes public, it's very hard to recover it. Yeah. I don't mean don't seek counsel. But once you turn your fight into a public fight, recovery is very hard. Because now you're not dealing with just a relationship issue. You're dealing with issues of shame, blame, bitterness. So those of you who are married and those who will be getting married... Seek counsel as for a long time, but don't try to shame the other party. Verse 20. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. God spoke to him. May God speak to you in moments of confusion. When you don't know what to do. May you have a dream. May you have a prophecy. May you have a revelation in the word of God. There is always recovery for every situation. Amen. Verse 21 is my main verse. I'll come back to it, but I want us to read to the end. And she will, this one, we have to read it loudly because it's the main verse. One, two, we read. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name. That was weak. You shall call his name. Jesus. Jesus. Why? For he will save his people from their sin. I'll come back to that verse. Verse 22. So all this was done that in my be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which is translated God with us. When the angel spoke to Joseph, he told him, Call this child Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. When he spoke to Mary, he said, you shall call him Emmanuel. God is with us. One of the key celebrations of Christmas is we always remember that God is with us. Amen. God is with you. Yeah, Whatever is going on, God is with you. He has not forgotten you. Now, they are quoting the prophet. You know that Jesus fulfilled this is one of the evidences of the Christian faith Jesus fulfilled more than 300 prophecies 
accurately. Like things that were written 400 to 1,000 years before his birth. Do you know that 400 years is a long time? No one knows what was happening in Uganda 400 years ago. At least no one in this room. Some people don't know what was happening 40 years ago. Mm. But we are talking 400 to 1,400 years before his birth. People were saying things. And then one man came on the scene and fulfilled them to the dot. How he would be conceived the kind of person that would conceive him, where he would be born, where he would be raised, where he would escape to after his birth, what he would work, do, what kind of work he would do, where he would minister, how he would die, the kind, what he would wear, during his crucifixion. I mean, exact 300 plus prophecies. That's why Peter writes and says, we have a more sure word of prophecy. He says, we were with him, like those apostles, they were with him. But they say, we have a more sure word of prophecy, something bigger than us seeing him. I was listening yesterday to uh, Pastor Benny Hinn and he was talking about something very unique. You know these people who wrote the Gospels that we read, they didn't write them while they were with Jesus. It occurred to them about 50 years later. 50 years after the resurrection is when some people were like, we'd better write down what, what went down before we disappear. Then they started writing they didn't take notes when he was preaching. The Bible is magical. People who didn't take notes, people who didn't write down anything. 50 years. Look, last week, someone. <laughs> even after taking notes, if I come around asking about last Sunday's message, we are going to have issues. But this is how you know that it was the work of the Holy Spirit how these books were written. That 50 years later people could remember those details. The Beatitudes. That is what he said. Blessed are the what? Blessed are. I mean exactly. It's amazing. For them they were just enjoying the man's presence. Then he died, they were shocked, then he was raised, they were empowered, and they said, we are going to do this thing. They were beaten, killed, but many years later, that's why you see the writers are not the very people who were there. They are not that among the twelve, except John. The writers were writing, li- listening to their people who were there. Like Matthew, 
Was it Matthew who was writing based on Peter's account? Mark, Mark. So this, this, it's, it's incredible. You should believe your Bible. Many Christians have put aside the Bible. They have gone into vain junglings, like Paul calls them, and all sorts of illusions and things. The scriptures can be trusted because they are supernatural. Amen. So anyway, I was just, I thought this was a fun part of the prophet saying. Now, take me back there and we finish. Verse 22, 23, 24. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took him his wife. It's not enough for God to speak to you. You have to actually do what he has told you. It's not enough to have a dream. When you wake up, you implement what God told you. Next verse. And did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and they called his name Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. Verse 21. Wow. Now you know we all have a journey that we've walked in life. And in this journey, you find that if, you know, David said that, Lord, if you marked our transgressions, who would stand? If we, we all went into a, a, a sort of interview where they write down all your sins, you know, some of us, you've been sinning so long, you don't even remember the first one. <laughs> Let me come nearer because people are trying to pretend by being far away. But I want you to imagine this. I'm not scaring anyone. I'm just, it's an imagination. This is not going to happen because God is merciful. He has forgotten our sins. But I want you to imagine that you go into this room and they start writing your sins in details. Hmm? And just in case you think you are going to sanctify some of them and make it look like, no, that one actually. I, I didn't do it all the way the way you're thinking. And then every time you deny, they switch on a video and you see the degree to which it happened. And then say, okay, 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 you're right. Now, let's go to the next one. Are there people? Is this Christmas? <coughs> How many pages? Font size 12 times New Roman. How many pages are you going to? What's the volume? Uh, uh, what's the volume? And imagine when they say this year in Harvest, you know, in Harvest Institute, you have to write a book. And they say this year your book is 
the book of my sins from my youth to date. Now there are some people who are trying to look at the ceiling, at the lights, as if they don't know what I'm talking about. Now, if I first edition, <laughs> second edition, by the time they say it's graduation day, you're launching your books, some people will come with a wheelbarrow. <laughs> and that's one, one copy. And they said, this is the abridged version. <laughs> volume one, volume two, volume three. Volume, the abridged version. Yeah. All your sins. Stealing sugar from the sugar bowl. Some of you had forgotten that one. Now you're, at, some of you at your age, you're thinking much bigger issues than stealing sugar. In fact, you, you, you're looking at stealing sugar as... Yeah. If it should we even include that one? <laughs> like, let's get serious. Like, yeah, let's deal with the big issues. I'm running out of money to print the book. Some details are not relevant given the magnitude. Wow. So, age one, age two, age three, age four, age five. By age six, the book is evolving. Age seven, then you go to school. That's now volume two. It's eight. By the time you hit 13, 14. Fifteen. Sixteen. Eh? Do you reach a certain point in the book and they say, if you are below a certain age, you cannot read. <laughs> Pareto guidance for, for the following five chapters. Because even if they try to make it into a movie, no producer can handle to bring out. It's too scandalous. Twenty-five. <laughs> By this time, several editors have given up. They're like, I'm getting depressed working on your book. I need to see a psychologist, psychiatrist. 
Forty-five. You know, there was a woman caught in adultery. The Bible says in the very act, they brought her to Jesus. And he just started drawing on the ground. I don't know what he was doodling. Then, then he took a break from his artwork and stood up and said, whoever has not committed anything should be the first one to cast a stone. Then he went back to... to, to. And then the Bible says, one... You see, the issue with sin, it is, it's not corporate. There's nothing like we are a group of sinners. No. Moja ni moja. One by one. Beginning with the oldest. It's like the mere act of staying alive. No, not, not just qualifies you. The, the longer you stay, the more you accumulate. Your age is directly proportional to sins. We just sin differently. When you're younger, teenage, 20s, it's mostly sexual temptation. It is. Teenagers are not tempted by greed because they don't have any money. They only know pocket money. Once you start making money, then greed kicks in. By the time you're 45, there are so many gray areas. People can no longer clearly point out right and wrong. Everything, it depends. Everything is relative. What a shock. You shall call his name. <laughs> he will save his people from their sins. You bring your multi volume abridged publication. And then they buy. Then they open page one, blank. Page two, blank. They say maybe they made a mistake. Let's try page forty-five, blank pages. Uh, volume three, page eighty-nine, blank. Page ninety-eight, blank. Page two hundred seventeen, blank. You say, Go to the last volume, volume 16. Blank pages all over the place. Blank pages. Blank pages. Brothers and sisters, the accuser brought the volume of your sins to the judge. And when the judge opened, 
There was nothing written. He shall save his people from their sins. God has saved me from many stupid things and sins from when I was young. Like everyone growing up. Now, I had certain advantages. I grew up in a Christian family. We read the Bible every morning and evening. We prayed every morning and evening. Being the last in the family, while my elder siblings were experimenting with certain things, I was still under the cover of my mother. But you know even that, whichever path you take comes with its own sins. Some people committed more aggravated, obvious sins. Some of ours are much more subtle, but not any less deadly. In fact, sometimes it might be better to have the outward sins that you can quickly discern. This person is drunk. This person is high. This one is low. And then, <laughs> and, and then you see how to do it. Some of those are much easier sins to deal with. I don't really the real complicated stuff religious pride growing up in the church I didn't commit the obvious sins so my sins were less obvious the pride of yeah, I'm, a, I'm a good person I'm a good person I don't smoke I don't drink I don't sleep around you know, that in some ways is even more dangerous than the person who smokes and drinks. Because the other one will be more, what's the word? They are going to be more open to receiving the Savior. You will think you saved yourself because you go to church. Which is easier. Sophie, to deal with. I won't hear here on the arm or a cancer on the inside. You'd rather have a wound on the outside. If they start telling you things like endoscopy, colonoscopy, whatever scopy, the thing is inside. You see, a person who has stuff inside, on the outside, they look perfect. But, like some singer song, I'm dying inside, and nobody knows it but me. Yeah, inside sins. There's people going to hell for rejecting Jesus because they think they are good people. Then they get there and say, you're good. Uh-uh. Please, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. And the thief, who at the last moment just looked and said, remember me in your kingdom. And he's like, tonight, you'll be with me in paradise. 
Jesus told the Pharisees that prostitutes and tax collectors are entering the kingdom while you're here citing your laws. That was my sin. That's why even when I got saved, I was a legalist. You don't want to be married to a legalist. They will suck the life out of your marriage. And that's what I did. Born again, serving God, going to church, preaching. But my marriage was terrible. Because I'd never understood the gospel. I thought Christianity is a set of rules to keep. I hope you are not here and that's what you think. But Christ offers you. His, his arms are wide open. I'll save you from your sins. I will save you from the sin of pride. Religious pride. You serve in church and you look at everyone else as the, these low people who don't know God. Let me tell you, those low people can get in before you. I'm very aware of that, being a pastor. Many people keep asking me, but Mose, your church seems to be working. Why are you still down to earth? And I'm like, where should I be? I'm going to go he said, why are you still down to earth? Because I know it's only by his grace. I would be nothing. I would be dead. So God saved me from that. And he has been saving me up to now. You have your story. I have mine. One day, we were playing hide and seek. We were in school, primary school, boarding school. I mean, we used to be so hungry. You had to keep playing to just dump, you know, the pain, you know. So this one afternoon, we are playing hide and seek. And myself and another young man, we decide to hide behind a pile of timber that had been placed on the veranda of one of the teacher's houses. Now, for him, he came and was on his knees. I was standing up. I was not supposed to be peeping to see. I remember at this stage I'm maybe 10 years so I'm pretty short and I don't know who stepped on what and that timber because there was a wall right here and the timber was here and there was a gap and so we were in the gap so one of us stepped on something and the timber just <laughs> fell on us now the thing is, my friend was down. I was done standing up. So the timber 
all came against my chest cavity like this. What I remember is not being able to breathe or to shout or to do anything. And I could feel the life leaving me. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't breathe in. I couldn't breathe out. I couldn't shout. I was like, And time was passing. Now, up to today, I don't know how people found out we were in trouble. And they came and started removing the timber. Removing the timber. Removing the timber. Removing the timber. And we escaped to safety. You see, the devil hates you and he wants to kill you. And he's using so many different systems. But he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in your ways all your days. He saved me. When our dad was killed, everything in our family started going south. Everything, like you could see, every year we had a major issue in the family. It was like annual. Even though I was young, I could feel the impact of these things. The last one, there were a series of things that happened. The last one was the murder of my eldest brother. It was so bad. So bad. It's like Satan was trying to wipe us off. Jesus saved us. Oh, yes. Growing up, going to school, experiencing things, being a religious person. One time in, in my senior two, a young man challenged me. He told me, you must give your life to Jesus. Your parents, your parents' relationship with God does not equal to your relationship with God. And on that Saturday morning, I accepted Jesus in a way that made sense to me. And it has stuck up to today. Here I am preaching the gospel. I would have been some religious prick on my way to hell. There are many people in church who don't believe in Jesus. But he saved me. He saved me. He's still saving me. Amen. When I changed schools in senior five, I went to a school where there were a lot more freedom than in my O level. In fact, sometimes we would be in class and students are conversing things and you're wondering, is this real or they are forging? <laughs> Our school, eh? uh, you you that school is well known for raising leaders. I think it was set up like that on purpose. Yeah. If you can't lead yourself, you're done. So guys would go drinking and then when the teachers come to the same drinking joints, they just pay for the teachers. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then all would be okay. these stories and I'm like is this a school but you know in that school there was a very vibrant powerful scripture union fellowship in fact for many years in, in that school prefects were elected we had to have they were democratically elected we had to have elections for prefects. But for many years up to the time we were there and even after we left, I don't know how it is today to become the head prefect, you, you had to be born again. You're like no one and it wasn't a school rule. No, just no one would vote for you if you are not in the fellowship. It was a very interesting school with very porous boundaries. But the fellowship, yeah. No one would ever become the head prefect if you are not born again in that school. You had to be in the fellowship to become the head prefect. So that was one of the things that when you went fellowship, the head prefect was always one of the members. It was such a strong fellowship. And just by being in that school and in that fellowship, I was saved from so many things that young men fell for. And then when I entered the university, I spent my first year unsure of my bearings. And towards the end of my first year, God, in his mercy, led me to St. Francis. And that's how I survived campus, St. Francis. Gave me a disciple called Patrick Minda, who protected me, taught me everything, guarded me taught me ministry, music, money, love. Every, I mean, God is so good. He gave me a disciple at campus who taught me everything. Typing, sexual purity, managing money, saving, working. I mean, God was saving me. He will save his people from their sins. So I had a great time at university. I didn't have any of those harrowing stories. My time was at chapel, faculty. I was doing a difficult course, so we spent a lot of time in, in the faculty. So I was either in my hall, there were no mobile phones then, but you knew where to find me. Either I'm in my room, or I'm in the faculty, in my class, or I'm at St. Francis Chapel. It was, it was a triangulation. That was all. He will save his people from their sins. You have your story. It's different from mine. And I, I finished university. And while at, at uni, of course, I met Patty. I joined Come Alive. We started Come Alive Ministries, which later became Worship Harvest. And here we are today.
I remember when we were starting the church. It was a very difficult time. Lots of uncertainties. It was something we had never done before, of course. It was also something that wasn't approved at the time by our pastors, our spiritual parents. And I remember one particular incident where Satan gave me a clearly open window to dishonor my pastors. And I narrowly escaped. Narrowly escaped. You know, when you're young and passionate, when you have more zeal than wisdom, you can make many mistakes. So Uncle Ben and Aunt Joy had said, no, we don't think this is the right move. I was like, this is the move. Meetings, arguments, this. And then an opportunity was presented to me. A false accuser came to give me some news to use against my pastors. Those of you who listen to things about pastors, I, I, I pity you. Because you have no clue what's going on. You don't, you don't, you think it's just coincidence. Someone can say, I have something to tell you about more. Then you sit down and you listen. You think it's coincidence. You're seated on one side of the table. The other person is sitting on the other side of the table. On the third side of that table is Lucifer himself setting you up for death. This person set me up to accuse Uncle Ben. I don't know. In the midst of my pain and frustration, I don't know why I didn't believe the person. I took the issue to a third party and told this person, go and talk to Uncle Ben and tell them that this is what this person is saying about him. If I go to him myself, it will look like I'm accusing him because right now we are not okay. We are not on good terms. He will think I've brought something. Don't mention my name. Don't say I, I just go say, this is what this person is saying about you. Now, that, if I tell you the kind of suffering that person has had in their life, everything, everything, this person has suffered everything you can imagine. I would be dead by now. That one I know, 500%. I would be put in my grave today if I had believed that person. He saved me from a grave error, from the sin of dishonor and accusation. Many years later, we talked about it with Uncle Ben and he said, yeah, I got to know about that. 
you shall call his name Jesus. For he shall, he will save his people from their sins. So, survive that. Sought forgiveness, reconciliation. Received it, the church grew. Here we are today, the church is continuing to flourish. And God has brought people along the way. Andrew Womack, Mike Breen, New Thing, John Maxwell, Bishop. It's like every time you're about to make a mistake, God moves in and says, this is the book you need to read. This is the person you need to follow. This is the action you need to take. Saving me, saving us constantly. Nowadays, many people think Worship Harvest is a, a good church. Those days, everyone thought we were a cult. <laughs> Nowadays, those who think we are a cult, they are the ones who are, who are looked at funny. They are like, eh? Have you been there? So now, the struggles are different. There was a time when the struggle was to survive, to grow the church to not make silly mistakes. Now the struggles are not to become proud. Let me show you a scripture. I don't even know why I didn't prepare it and I thought about it. I shared it with some people here a few days ago. What was his name? The longest reigning king of Israel. Was he Uzziah? What was, what was Uzziah's other name? Who was the guy who reigned for 52 years? Hmm? Manasseh. Uzziah. Second Chronicles 26. I'm finishing. Second Chronicles 26, this guy reigned for 52 years. Hey! That's a long time. He started at age 16. From 16 to 68. Look at verse 16. But when he was strong, uh, you people, you're not reading. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction, for he transgressed against the Lord his God by entering the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. This guy got to a level where he was so strong, he didn't respect boundaries. Verse 17. Are you still in church? So Azariah the priest went in after him and with him were 80 priests of the Lord, valiant men. I can't hear you read. That's my problem. And with, uh-huh. And we stood, uh-huh. Is it not for you, Uzziah, to burn, it is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, 
but for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have trespassed. You shall have no honor from the Lord God. Then Uzziah became furious. And he had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was angry with the priests, leprosy broke out on his forehead before the priests in the house of the Lord beside the incense altar. And Azariah, the chief priest, and all the priests looked at him, and there on his forehead he was leprous. So they thrust him out of that place. Indeed, he also hurried to get out because the Lord had struck him. King Uzziah was a leper until the day of his death. He dwelt in an isolated house because he was a leper, for he was cut off from the house of the Lord. Then Jotham, his son, was over the king's house, judging the people. But how did it start? He was strong. Has, has, have you seen this? You know, when you're young, you don't see much of this. But when you're older, have you seen people when they succeed? When their business starts doing well? When they finally land that international job or something? And now, they are not available to serve. Guest experience team is too low for them. They can't sing in the worship team. They are the COO of whatever. They stop being faithful to their wives. Because now there are many other girls singing their praises. Uh, let me go to Chireka and preach this message there. These, these people, they are making me look like I'm not saying things that are, are true. Why are you pretending? Aren't I saying things that are there? Stop serving. Stop attending church. Sunday is the day I only have Sunday to sleep in and to, to, to take the kids swimming. To go shopping, to walk the dog, do laundry. Now you have a dog. Now you have money to shop. Now you can afford swimming a swimming club for your children. And the Lord has been cast aside. You see, these these are all sins that only Jesus can save us from. If you are in worship harvest, one of the sins you're going to fight most of your life is pride because being in this church automatically makes you very successful yeah I'm, I'm, that one I'm not I'm not even apologetic about it how do you save yourself from success Bill Gates said nothing fails like success I have good news for you. You shall call his name for he will save his people from their sins. So this Christmas as you go home to have a good time with family and friends remember remember 
your sins are forgiven. Your checkered history has been wiped clean. One day you'll stand before him in your garments of white, spotless, as if you had never sinned because of Jesus. Can we stand and pray? Thank you, Father. Just give thanks to God for his sinless son that was given for us. Thank God for Christmas. Thank God for the Savior. Thank God that we have not been left on our own to struggle to deal with our own issues. But he has given us his son to take our sins away. Thank you, Father. And even as we close, as everyone is praying, every head bowed, if you're in this place and you're saying, Pastor, I have never given my life to Jesus. I have not trusted him to take away my sins. I want, I need the Savior. Wherever you are, I want you to put straight your hand up. I want to pray with you to receive Jesus. You're saying, Jesus, save me. Put it up straight until I've seen it. Don't put it down until I've seen it. Someone in this house needs to give your life to Jesus. Put it up straight if you're giving your life to Jesus. One, your right hand. Put it up until I've seen it. I see that hand. Someone else. I know you're here. There's not just one person. I see that hand also. There are more people here. Today is your day. Today is the day of salvation. I see that hand at the back. Put it up straight wherever you are, please. Today is the day of salvation. You're saying, God, I cannot save myself. Please come wherever you are. I want to pray with you. God bless you. God bless you. Can I just shake your hand? God bless you. I want to shake your hand. Congratulations. This is a big day. Guys, I want you to start celebrating as these people come to receive Jesus. More people are there. If you put your hand up wherever you are, or even if you didn't put your hand up, I want you to come. If you're upstairs, come down the steps. We'll wait for you. Jesus. Jesus. God bless you. Jesus. Oh, yes. He's the savior of the world. Oh, yes. He has taken our sins. God bless you. Upon himself. God bless you, my sister. More people are coming. Just start walking. Don't let anything keep you back. Let nothing hold you back. Oh, yes. Keep clapping those hands as people come to receive Jesus. Oh, yes. Thank you, Father, for your son. He has taken our sins away. He has saved us from our sins. The sins of our youth. The sins of our latires. Oh, yes. God bless you. God bless you. Keep coming. Let nothing hold you back. Yes, you can do the work of an evangelist by asking your neighbor if they would like you to come with them. And then if they would like you to come with them, you can't come with them. Keep coming. This place is open. This is your father's house. He loves you. He's waiting for you. 
God bless you, my sister. God bless you. You can always remember that it was on Christmas Day 2023 that you gave your life to Jesus. Anyone else? I feel like there's someone in this section who should be coming. Please come. Let nothing hold you back. Let nothing keep you back. This is your opportunity to give your life to Jesus. Have you understood the gospel? Have you understood the message? He's saving us from our sins. He's not making demands of us. No, he's saving us from our sins. So wherever you are, if you're still there, I'm going to give you one more last chance. One last opportunity. Mm. You're feeling it in your heart. Just take the, these wonderful brothers and sisters. They've made the way for us. Usually it's very hard if you are alone, but they've decided to come first so that they can make a way for us. So they have made a way for us. So you too can come. Let nothing stop you. Have you asked your neighbor? Uh, that one of your Christmas gifts might be that you, you led someone to Christ in the service. That you talked to someone who was unsure. And then you were able to walk with them forward. During the altar call, we all support Liverpool. Because they say you will never walk alone. After the altar call, you can go back to us. say, no, I don't know because every day, bone mouth. Uh, 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 united, whatever. Disunited. But right now, you will never walk alone. Amen. Can we celebrate our brothers and sisters who have come to the Lord this morning? Amen. God bless you. Can you pray with me? I'm just going to lead you in a prayer. You should pray the same words that I pray. Is that okay? Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. For salvation. For salvation. Today. Today. I give my life to you. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me from my sins. From today, I understand that I am the righteousness of God. I am the healed of the Lord. I'm the beloved of the Lord. I'm the blessed one of the Lord. Fill me with your Holy Spirit that I may serve you all of my life. Amen. Amen. I want you to point with one finger as if you're warning someone like this. Say, Satan, from today, between you and I, it's over. I'm going with Jesus. I'm going with my Savior. Don't talk to me. I rebuke you. I command you to stay far from me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's celebrate our brothers and sisters. I want you to go with this brother here. You're just going here. We want to take your name so that we can be praying for you. You can pick your bag if you left it behind. And just go over here in in this wonderful corner. Can we please clap our hands. Celebrate. Pastor Angela, please get your mic and come. and Give us a, a word that the Lord is giving you. Can we welcome Pastor Angela? Thank you, Jesus. Just stay standing for a minute. We are closing. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good. 
and all the time. <laughs> Apostle was teaching and he was teaching about Jesus saving. And I know that many people today need saving. Beyond people have become saved. But there's a lot of saving that needs to happen in people's lives today. I get the sense that there's many people that need to be saved from emotional pain. Yes, you're carrying pain. And lots of people that need to be saved from physical sickness. Physical sickness. That you've carried sickness this year. And today God is saving you. Apostle has been teaching for the past three days at the Christmas production and one of the things that has been happening is like just a breaking of chains people being healed people being saved from addictions people being saved from pain and I believe it has carried over to today so today there is healing in the house there is healing in the house of the Lord that in the year 2023 in December you are healed. So I'm going to invite us to just, as a sign, to just clap our hands and give thanks. Clap our hands and give thanks. I believe that there's someone in the room today, your heart is getting healed. Physical heart. You've been getting palpitations. If that's your word, just clap. Just clap. There's people in the room being saved from you've been getting abdominal pains. You're being saved. Just clap and receive it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. People that have been suffering with head issues, you're being saved right now in the name of Jesus. There's someone this afternoon you're visiting. You've been invited for Christmas somewhere and you're filled with anxiety because of the place you're going to. Jesus is saying that everything is going to be okay. Oh, yes. That there's going to be reconciliation. Don't be afraid. Go with that gift. Pass by the supermarket or wherever. Go with that gift. And reconciliation is going to happen for you today. Amen. That the things you've been dealing with, God is going to sort it. You're going to be received. You're going to be restored. Someone here, your ministry is being restored. You felt oh, like yes. you were losing it this year. But your ministry is being restored Amen. in the Amen. name of Jesus. I also believe that God is dealing. Apostle has kept saying it, but it's coming back. You've been dealing with a, a sickness the whole year. It comes and it goes and it comes and it goes and it comes and it goes. Today, Jesus has saved you from that sickness. Your blood is clean. Someone here, your blood is clean. Do not worry about it. And like Apostle said, go and check. Your blood is clean. So Heavenly Father, thank you. We clap our hands. We receive healing. We receive joy. Oh, yes. We receive restoration. Thank Dr. you for G. saving us. Your job, someone here, you're getting your job back. Thank you for saving us, Lord. Oh, in yes. Jesus' name. Amen. amen, amen. Do you receive that work? Thank you, Father, for today, for this wonderful Christmas service. By Jesus' stripes, we were healed. So we receive our healing in our bodies, in our minds, everything in our relationships. Thank you for restoring us. We bless you. We thank you. And friends, may God bless you. May he cause his face to shine on you. May he give you peace. 
May this be your best Christmas yet. May you experience his goodness, his kindness, his mercy. May you have miraculous provision this week and going forward. Any kind of sickness in your body, receive healing in your right knee, somebody. Whatever is going on there, may, may the Lord bring total restoration and no recurrence of the same. May God bless you. May God bless you. May God bless you. May God bless you. And make you a blessing to your families, to your friends, and to all the nations of the earth. And all the people said, Amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.